0: It's Mark here today. We are hanging out with Justin from Raw Charge. We're talking Flames and Tampa Bay Lightning ahead of the game on Thursday night. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for coming on to uh, give myself and Flames fans a little lowdown on what's going on in Tampa.
1: My pleasure. I really appreciate the invite and look forward to the uh, the discussion and the game tomorrow. So it should be fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm just hoping that this game is a little bit better than Calgary showing last night against the Florida Panthers, the other team from Florida. So, <laughs> well, I'm good. kind of hoping. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping
1: it's as good as the Lightning's showing against uh, Columbus last night, where they uh, actually remembered how to score goals again. So,
0: fair enough. Uh, let's hop right in. Um, that game la- the other night against Columbus snapped a, a three-game losing streak for the Lightning. Um, yet. Even with a three-game skid and you know not playing totally well over that, you're still in first place in the Atlantic. You're the top team in the East. Um, back-to-back cup wins is is I you know back-to-back is hard. Pete, Yes, no. Is this an inevitable cup run for Tampa this year? Uh,
1: yeah, definitely. I think the uh, you have to throw him in as one of the favorites for the cup. Um, you know, they did go through a bit of a roster redo in the offseason this year, but I think as long as you have uh, Andre Vasiliski between the pipes, uh, I think that's considered a cup contender a little bit of a rough start this year for them, but uh over the last two years they've showed up they're just really a resilient team nothing really phases them too much and um I think at the end of the year they're still going to be in the discussion for for the Stanley Cup
0: yeah and I think you know much like baseball too like you know it's you can score a thousand runs or a thousand goals during the regular season but if you don't have solid pitching and solid goaltending when the postseason comes you're kind of in trouble right so at least you got that
1: yeah, correct, correct. And, and especially, you know, I think, if, if you see anything over the last two off-seasons, uh, Vasco Leslie's just kind of thrown into another gear once the postseason's come. And, uh, you, know, you know, he hasn't won a president in a couple of years, but I think he's been the best goalie in the postseason, without a doubt, for the last few years.
0: And that's kind of been their bread and butter as far as success in the postseason. Now, speaking of the other team we mentioned, uh, the Florida Panthers, Tampa's 1-2-0 and against them this season. Um, do you think Florida's a legit challenger? to uh, tampa out in the atlantic in the east or is this kind of like um you know florida's kind of running hot right now i think
1: honestly that they're probably the biggest challenge the lightning face uh their style just matches up perfectly for them against the lightning uh one of the things you'll notice with the lightning is that their defense is really really aggressive as far as playing the puck in the offensive zone uh, Hedman likes, to, uh pinch in. Kelser- likes to pinch in karl serge likes to pinch in and with the speed that the Panthers have up front, um, they've been able to exploit that from time to time, uh, especially in their last meeting. Anthony Duclair, I think, had two or three breakaways. Uh, he scored on one of them, I know. And it just, it's kind of that uh, oil and water mixture for the Lightning defense. If you can attack them with speed, that's really their one weakness. Uh, just because their defense is so aggressive. Um, I think right now, if there's any Achilles heel for the Panthers as far as their goaltending, it just hasn't been as consistent as the Lightning has been. So in their playoff series last year, that that's kind of something that the, the Lightning took advantage of. Um, I think they faced three goaltenders in that series for the Panthers, so if they can figure that out, then it's definitely going to be an issue for uh, the Lightning moving forward and getting past them in the playoffs.
0: Well, I can say this having watched that disaster last night. Um, Sergey Bobrovsky looked really good last night. Uh, gave up two goals on his first eight shots and then stopped 41 in a row. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. So, it looked like he was uh, there. And I like the thing you brought up about speed. Like, speed is a way that potentially to, um, you know, attack Tampa and get at them. And that kind of suits Calgary really well with Gaudreau and Lynn Holm and Mangiapani, guys like that. So, maybe that's something Calgary can take advantage of because you know, um, they're a team that definitely, when they score early, and get a lead they play well they're not great at coming from behind so maybe they can use a little bit of that speed uh on thursday night
1: yeah i think if if you can get the, the speed going and get the four check going you can kind of get the lightning some fits uh their they're the, their fours do have a tendency to try and break out a little early as well um so the good old gap control becomes an issue from time to time if the lightning are struggling that's usually where the game is um, so like i said if you can attack them with speed get a good four check going um kind of get them running around in the defensive zone, you could have some success against
0: them. Fair enough. Now I asked the um the Panthers guys the same question here, like about Florida, like hockey is like taking off in the state of Florida. Um, And it's great that both teams are firing in all c- cylinders and playing well. Um, Typically Florida, I mean, Tampa's got Tom Brady. I'm from Massachusetts and I just, I'm a Dolphins fan. So the idea of Tom Brady anywhere is just gross, but Tampa's <laughs> got Brady. Unfortunately, Miami has the Dolphins. Um, like it's always been a football state. The Heat came in. The Magic. Basketball is Florida. Can it become a hockey state? Is it on the verge of becoming that way? With both teams playing well,
1: um, I think it can be. Uh, I can't really speak too much towards the you know the South Florida side, but uh, um, you know Tampa really has become a hockey town. Over the last few years, pretty much, um, they had a good run, um, unfortunately, for the Flames fans <laughs> back in 04. Um, I know you guys don't acknowledge that Stanley cup, but... Uh,
0: well, it's because the puck was in. That's the difference. <laughs> it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, they had that first good run there. Uh, then kind of, you know, the OK hockey group took over. It and was, It was a little insane for a while, but once Binnick, Jeff Binnick, bought the team, um, kind of... Reemerged is he made a real good commitment as to far as building into the community and making sure the team was a big part of the the tip community and you have seen it over the last i'd say ten years or so really grow into a hockey city if you go there there's lightning banners all over the place um, lightning car flags, bumper stickers things like that that you just didn't see um, in the early years of the organization uh now you're also starting to get the that generation of kids that grew up watching the lightning grew up watching the Panthers that are you know. Starting to hit the uh, NHL now. Um, I know, like the Hughes brothers, Jack and Quinn, were born in Orlando. Probably did most of their you know young career up in, in Toronto. But you're starting to see players like that. Uh, Chase Prisky for the Panthers. You know, he was a born and bred South Florida kid. Uh, he's the first one to play for the Panthers. Um, the um, Ducks just drafted a kid who was on the uh, U.S. under-20 team, uh, Sasha Pastujov. Um, in Bradenton, which is right outside of Tampa, and then in, in training camp this year, uh, the Lightning had a kid from Clearwater. Uh, he talked about growing up watching the Cup team and you know being a Lightning fan his entire life. So that that kind of growth is what you're starting to see down in Tampa, um, where you're getting the second, third generation of, of hockey players. It's not the guy who moved from New York, was a Rangers fan, and then became a Lightning fan. You know, it's, it's kids that have grown up as Lightning fans. Um, yeah, mate, are now taking their kids there. So
0: yeah no, and I think that's what's great about hockey is you're starting to see it grow like um you're getting you know kids being drafted from Florida from California places like that as opposed to you know everyone being drafted coming from Toronto or Red Deer or Edmonton or even places, you know, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Michigan, stuff like that. It's kind of cool to see the game grow. And I mean, some teams in warm weather climates do struggle. You look at what's going on with the coyotes. Um, So I think it's good to see some warm weather teams playing well. And also doesn't help. I mean, you know, what is it? Three cups in 17 years. It's not a bad run either. You know, that helps. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a pretty good run. Yeah. That was always the thing. You know, once once they put a successful product on the ice, they'll show up. And, um, you know, that's what Bennett believed and, uh, and he's been rewarded with that really with just the way the attendance has gone down there. So, and just, you know, how much people really have grown that game down there. So, you know, the lightning clinics and coming to schools and you see a lot more roller hockey and stuff like that probably just because of the climate and, you know, it's not easy. We're cheap though, ice in, in, in Florida, although the rinks have grown. There are a lot more leagues down there, but, uh, yeah, just the whole love of the game has really grown down there.
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned roller hockey. I don't know how old you are, but I remember when ESPN Two was like a thing, and they had that—I um, forget what it was called—but it was like the outdoor hockey league, and it was like oh yeah, yeah, roller hockey. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> <The> just <ESPN2> remember the penalty that. shots
1: where you, you, you fire the penalty shot on, and then the entire team would like collapse on the goal, kind of like soccer style. So. Yeah, you know, I remember yeah, that, watching those on the old ESPN Two late at night.
0: So. I remember, if I if I remember correctly, was that was that in Orlando? Did they do that at? Or was I that in think there Was I think there's California. I think there's an Orlando. I think there's
1: a Florida team. Um, yeah. I don't think Tampa Bay had one, but,
0: uh, yeah, there were, uh,
1: there were, I just remember the Florida teams. So
0: uh, I think Long Beach had one for some reason. Yeah. I me- yeah. I remember Long Beach. Yeah. I remember yeah. watching and be like, wow, everybody's beautiful at this hockey game. Um, yeah. <laughs> So flipping from that, um, at some point, you know, teams, their run ends, right? Players get old, injuries pile up. Um, is there a finite window with this version of the Lightning? Like, do they have, like, a another, like, you know, two- to three-year window? Or is this, you know, can this success be uh, sustained? I think right now you're looking at probably about a,
1: a three- to four-year li- window. Um, I kind of define it as, you know, as, uh, as long as they have Vasilevsky, Kucherov and point, Braden Point, uh, I think they're going to be in contention. That's going to be your next core moving forward. Uh, You're looking at, you know, Stamkos has a couple years left on his deal. Um, He's had a resurgent season, so I don't think he's, you know, it's not like he's going to leave tomorrow or anything like that. So, but I think as long as you have that trio there, they're going to be in competition. They're all locked up long term. Um, One thing I'm starting to wonder about is, you know, how are they going to be able to fill the holes because of the salary cap? Uh, While they do have most of their people under contract after next year, uh, well, Andre Plot leaves after this year, um, or at least his contract is up. Alex Kaloran is up, uh, I think, after next year. Or so you're going to start seeing some top six holes that they have to fill. And um, as far as their pipeline that they're developing right now, a lot of good solid middle six, bottom six forwards, but you don't have really that big star kind of offensive driving player. So that's kind of where I'm going to wonder where they find that. So if they start losing, they you know, say Stamco's done retire in two years. Um, how do they fill that hole with Killoran leaves where do they fill that you know 40 points from 50 points something like that so I, w- I would give them about three four years and then start getting really nervous but other than that i think they should they have a run left of them
0: yeah i i, I kind of understand and kind of feel your pain on that one because uh Goudreau's up at the end of the season Manchupani's up at the end of the season and kachuk is due for a payday and i don't know how in the salary cap era you can lock i mean calgary did a great job locking up goudreau monaghan lindholm Giordano, Backlund, all those guys in a set, but they were all making like five million a year. Like Gaudreau's going to get nine, Kachuk's going to get at least nine. Like I don't know how teams do it. So best of luck to Tampa. <laughs> Try to keep all yeah. those guys. In. So yeah,
1: and that's kind of what they've been dealing with over the last few years. You know, part of the reason that they had to let get you know, that third line go, um, which worked out for Calgary, is you know, ended up with Blake Coleman. Um, yeah, well, but yeah, it's yeah, so it's it's something they've been dealing with and. You know, trust in Julia Brisebois and hope he figures it
0: out. So. Um, but let's hop right into Blake Coleman. I had him a little bit further down the list. Um, in Calgary right now, he's he scored last night. Um, he's not been exactly the the offensive output, I think, that fans were expecting. But his penalty kill is out of this world. He's so good playing man down. And defensively, he's been great. Just the offense has been slow. Um, I mean, I don't know what to expect out of him on Thursday night, but last night he had 12 shots on goal against the Panthers, and he was just, like, angry all the time. Like, I still think he hates the Panthers from his time in Tampa. Um, so, <laughs> like, um, losing him doesn't seem to have hurt the Lightning at all. Um, what do you expect out of him in this game? Well, hopefully not a, not a reunion
1: like uh, Barkley Goodrow had the other night where he scored twice uh, <laughs> when they played the Rangers. But, um, you know, kind of exactly what you said, Uh really tough defensive player to play against. Really good on the penalty kill. Um, there was some struggles early in the year. Um, a lot of the fans here were were pining for that third line of uh, Goudreau, Coleman, and Kord uh, that all left. Um, you know, took some took some uh, time for I think Coach Cooper to to figure out how to put people together and find his his security blanket, which you know Coleman was part of uh Coleman, Goodrow, and uh, Cord, that was his security blanket line. If, if anything was going wrong, he'd throw them out there. If he needed an energy spark, he would throw them out there. They started they, pretty much in the playoffs. I believe they began pretty much every single period. Every single opening face-off had them on the line. Um, so they don't, you know, they, he didn't have that in the beginning of the year. He's kind of adjusted. Um, they put together what they call the school bus line of Patrick Maroon, uh, Pierre Edward Elmar, and Corey Perry. Kind of gelled into that new third line, but they do uh you know their penalty skill has kind of struggled a little bit this year, especially of late, so they do miss Coleman as far as his defensive skills and uh, you know I think his offense will come around he's one yeah. of those guys who, he can get he can get streaky and um I, you know I'm, I'm anticip anticipating having a really good game against I think.
0: Yeah, he was a total burr. I mean, he was looking to start things with everybody. Anytime he yeah. was on the ice, he was looking, he was jawing, he was chirping and every, his goal was just a bizarre, like he came around and just tucked it into a tight corner and it went off Bobrovsky and in. So yeah, I think flames fans are looking for a little more out of him offensively, just because of the contract that he signed and the money he's making. But I mean, defensively and penalty kill, I think he had like two minutes and 14 seconds of shorthanded time last night. So he was, uh, he was on, he was fantastic last night. Um, we're at that time of year. You know, the calendar switched to 2022, which is where everybody starts doing the, oh, my God, we should trade for this guy. We got to get rid of this guy. This guy should come in. Everybody's playing, um, you know, Sega or PlayStation, Xbox, GM, wanting to build their <laughs> team. I um, can't believe I threw a Sega reference in there. I was about to say, um, that's bad. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, well, it's because my son downloaded NHL '94 onto his laptop, so we've been playing that. So I got like Sega <laughs> on the brain, but uh, nice. still, to this day, I think the greatest hockey game of all. time. Yes,
1: definitely. Killed a lot of hours in uh,
0: college on that one. So <laughs> you and me both. A lot of time yeah. not going to class and having exactly. Sega tournaments. Um, so uh, if Tampa had to add one thing at the trade deadline, what would they add? Or I mean, I think everybody needs to add something. Whether it's you know the Flames need a top six, you know winger who doesn't but like is it more like a bottom sixth or an extra defenseman type thing that tampa's looking at or you know do they have room to add a, a big gun if they needed it?
1: it it's gonna be one of those deals where it's probably if they do add anybody it's money in money out kind of thing um, mm-hmm. they are they are so tied up against the cap even with all their long-term injury shenanigans they've been playing over the last couple of years but um if anything i would say by defensive depth especially on the right side um when they went through their little um protocol thing over there the New Year's weekend. You had a uh, defensive pairing of Sean Day and Darren Radish, which isn't exactly ideal for the um, for the uh, defending Stanley Cups. So I think they're looking for a little bit more depth. Um, they made the deal last year to bring in David Savard at the deadline, which I don't think anybody really expected them to add. But uh, that would probably be the one, one thing I look, I look for in the ad. They've had a couple rookies jump up and uh, kind of fill in the holes on that the bottom six so yeah. i think forward wise they're pretty much stacked uh they are anticipating getting to drop back soon um i know one of the beat writers kind of floated the idea that uh a roster move have made today may indicate that he's ready but i think he's still probably two or three games away i got a week away before
0: taking that's him back a shame
1: to yeah, I know. Breaks your
0: heart, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It th- that's one of the questions I was going to ask Was like, are the Flames going to get lucky and get away without Kucherov being there? And it sounds like they are. So All right, So, there's a little more hope. That's good. Um, <laughs> not not 100% guaranteed,
1: but I, I think they're going to hold him out for at least a little bit
0: longer. Oh, so. uh, no, we're going with it. Raw char- we're going with it. Raw charge that's says right. that Kucherov is not coming back guaranteed. So right. we're good. Time um, stamp that, <laughs> <out>, right? <laughs> absolutely. We're going to pull that clip out. Um. <laughs> It looks like you know. Right now, it's currently a three-horse team in the East between you know Tampa, Florida, and Toronto. Uh, we all know Toronto and what happens in the postseason and the struggles there. Um, what does Tampa have to do to keep a hold on their lead? Like, what's 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 their big? i um, you know they're obviously they're playing well at home. Um, it's a tough tough conference and division to play in. So what what's Tampa's big thing? What do they have to do to maintain and be the best team in the East?
1: I think just kind of limit the mistakes. Um, they're always going to get in trouble when they they kind of. Take a few plays off. They get a little sloppy with the puck management. Um, that's usually their, their biggest downfall is usually themselves, and, and you can almost see it on the ice. You know, just bad passes, uh, bad pinching by the defense. Um, I know even over that successfully been the last couple of years, the amount of breakaways that they give away, odd man rushes is, is staggering at times. And it really helps that they have Vasiljevski back there, and that's the difference you see when maybe Brian Elliott makes a start or. Um, the other day, when Max like was in net against the Panthers, Vasilevsky um, you know, just has that ability to pull up the, the saves that he needs. So when they kind of start going, uh, get a little too fancy with the passes, get away from the simple game, it's kind of when they struggle. Um, and they've done a really good job lately of you know refocusing when they need to. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's something they've learned over the last couple years.
0: Are, are you enjoying your Brian er- Brian Elliott era? I remember. I
1: Every, I think every franchise has to go through it, right? At this point, you know, it's like he's yeah. just—he's been fine, honestly. There's uh, one of the games against New York, he made two horrendous passes that both led to goals, but you know, as a backup goaltender, he's done exactly what they what they needed as far as keeping him in games. And you know, I think if our fans are complaining about the backup goaltending, the rest of the teams usually
0: in a pretty good spot. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember all of us being like, "Yes, the Flames just traded for Elliot on draft day," and then watching him play and be like, "No, the Flames traded for Elliot on draft <laughs> <Exactly>. day." <laughs> no,
1: if Vasilevsky with- yeah. was to get hurt and Elliot was there, number one, I'd probably be a little more nervous about it. But you know, hopefully, not on wood. That's not something that I have to deal with for the next year. or So.
0: All I know is it's nice to look around the league every now and then and see a team dealing with like ah oh, you got Brian Elliott Ah, you got Mike Smith good for you guys have at it. exactly uh, <laughs> we had our Mike Smith
1: experience as well so you know always entertaining so
0: I'm just happy he's with Edmonton and ruining them so that works out well <laughs> <Perfectly> <laughs> he familiar. was never boring as a goaltender I'll put it that way no it was the anytime the puck hit his stick you were like oh God what's gonna happen it's either gonna be exactly. an assist or it's going in our own net like that's not exactly. what's happening um, I guess I guess finally um you know. Unless you're like, you know, the super, super, super diehard hockey fan and you watch, you know, 12 games a day when everything's on, Um, you know, watch. We cover a team out west, you know, and I don't know how much, you know, Calgary fans watch stuff back out east. Um, So let us know about a player on uh, Tampa that we should be looking at um, in Thursday night's game that, you know, might kind of fly under the radar or somebody we should keep an eye on on the ice.
1: I think uh, he's been around the league forever, but I don't think he gets quite depressed with the other guys, too, and that's Andre Halot. Um, he's just really one of these guys who does everything really well, but nothing great. Um, so he doesn't quite get the press that Kushroff or Stamkos does. Um, but he's on their top line. Um, Coach Cooper continues to rave about how everybody, he's one of these players that everybody wants to play with just because he does all the right things, it seems. Um, he came up as kind of that first uh, back in 2013 or so. Um, Came up as that first wave of new prospects for the Lightning with Tyler Johnson, Kucherov. Uh, Richard Panik was back with the team at that point. And uh, he's just really stuck around. Uh, he just hit his 400th point the other night. Uh, he scored twice against uh, Columbus to, to get over to the 400-point mark. And, you know, he's, he's a guy who was a seventh-round pick. Nobody really expected much out of him. And then he's just kind of succeeded everywhere he's gone. And he's one of these players who watch the game and not really notice him until, you know, the pucks in the back of the net. And you're like, oh, that's a really nice play by Pollard. Oh, you know, he's going to kill penalties. He's going to play, you know, the the old 200-foot game, as people like to say. And he just does it really well. So he's kind of battled injuries the last couple of years, but he's been healthy this year and really been one of those players that's helped the Lightning kind of get over the hump while Kutrup and Point were out of the lineup. So I think that's kind of a guy that not a lot of people talk about. So...
0: Excellent. I'm just glad you didn't say Corey Perry because Flames, <laughs> Flames fans hold a special place in hell for Corey Perry. So uh, he's been a very interesting addition to the roster this year.
1: Uh, very polarizing uh, even in our fan base. Uh, he started off the year, um, wasn't getting any goals, but had a ton of chances. I think he had something like an expected goals over three through the first two months of the, before he even scored his first goal and then kind of went on a little runway late, lately, but uh, there are some people that you would think he murdered their dog, uh, just <laughs> with the absolute hatred that he, they have for Corey Perry. And I think the one guy did say he lived in California, so that kind of understand. You know, that may explain it. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can see he could be a not not the most light guy in the league, but he hasn't done anything too egregious yet this year with the Lightning. So kind of holding up. But he doesn't yeah. pull it. He was old studs.
0: I think at the Flames had maybe won like three or four games over that twenty-nine game stretch in Anaheim, that maybe <laughs> you know, people would hate him so much. But right. it it is what it is we got the flames and the tampa bay lightning coming at you uh, on thursday night it's a 7 p.m eastern time start for those of uh, you in alberta that's a 5 p.m get your tv dinner sit in the living room watch it type game uh the lightning uh crushing it at home 11 3 and 3 um calgary 13 5 and 2 on the road so um this could be a pretty good matchup i'm hoping that daryl sutter kind of uh gives the flames a little little kick in the rear after their performance in uh in florida the other night in sunshine to uh kind of or sunrise i apologize to get them uh moving as they come into tampa because this is not going to be an easy run i mean calgary's got to go through you know they started with chicago that was easy now you got florida you got tampa and you've got um carolina so not an easy four game trip uh justin thank you so much for coming on and enlightening us on the lightning today
1: very nicely done i appreciate that and uh thanks for having
0: me on no problem and hey at least tonight or thursday night there'll be instant replay and there's no March in St. Louis. So there's two things right out of the way that don't that, that don't matter in this game.
1: Inconclusive, call the ice dance. <laughs>
0: Uh, there's actually a guy uh, there was a flames game someone took a picture and posted it he had a jersey that said oh it said oh four on the back end, and the nameplate said it was in so <laughs> I was like I don't know why you would spend a lot of money on that just to keep remembering it every time you put it on exactly whatever works for you um, if you right. enjoyed this podcast you can find us on Google Podcast iTunes and Spotify just search up Matchsticks and Gasoline you will find episodes of Behind Enemy Lines the Tinderbox, and Mark and Michael's Musings Flames and Lightning Thursday night, 5 p.m. Mountain Time start. Justin, thanks again for coming on, and we will catch you next time on Behind Enemy Lines.